Welcome to Recovering My Inner Child. My name is Kwan Saluja. Our first reading comes from Melody Beatty's The Language of Letting Go, and the topic is Letting Go of Fear. Picture yourself swimming, floating, peacefully down a gentle stream. All you need to do is breathe, relax, and go with the flow. Suddenly, you become conscious of your situation. Frightened, overwhelmed with the what-ifs, your body tenses. You begin to thrash around frantically, looking for something to grab onto. You panic so hard, you start to go under. Then you remember you're working too hard at this. You don't need to panic. All you need to do is breathe, relax, and go with the flow. You won't drown. Wow, <laughs> this didn't actually happen uh, like 20 minutes ago, actually. Uh, this happened a very nice, peaceful day. And, you know, I got, uh, I got a text from someone and I just, you know, I, my mind just immediately reverted to like, you know, this disproportionate, like, oh my God, I'm in trouble, or I never hear from this person. And, you know, uh, like a friend of mine says, is just kind of take the emotionality out of it. And, you know, it's important to remind myself that I have tools, skills, finances, friends, and things like that, that I just didn't have when I was 14 or 15. Uh, You know, which is, you know, I really believe that a lot, this is where like a lot of habits began. Back to the reading, panic is our great enemy. We don't need to become desperate. If overwhelming problems appear in our life, we need to stop struggling. We can tread water for a bit until our equilibrium returns. Then we can go back to floating peacefully down the gentle stream. It is our stream. It is a safe stream. Of course, our course has been charted. All is well. Today, I will relax, breathe, and go with the flow. You know, and I've been working with a coach, and she just said that, you know, at some point... There was a uh, the point where I didn't think like I could have time to actually think. So if I didn't know the answer right away, you know, I just I made up stories like maybe I'm not a really smart person. But, you know, that's not the case is emotions can override intellect. So to get into a nice, peaceful state is, you know, that's more important than, you know, the quick answer. On to the next reading, also from Melody Beatty's The Language of Letting Go. And the topic is financial goals. Taking responsibility for her financial affairs will improve her self-esteem and lessen anxiety. I'll repeat that again. Taking responsibility for her financial affairs will improve her self-esteem and lessen anxiety as we go in tax time. Each of us today has a present set of financial circumstances. We have a certain amount of money in hand and money due to us. We have a pile of bills that we owe. We have taxes to pay. We are our present financial circumstances. No matter what the details are, acceptance, gratitude, and self-responsibility will lessen the stress and slow down their acceptance of the fact that like everybody has to pay taxes, gratitude, you know, and self-responsibility. Each of us today has a financial future. There are a few future aspects of our life we can control, but one part we can play to assist our future is setting goals. And that's Another, you know, I've been doing a lot of writing and that was one of the things that, you know, the staff's work has given me is this ability to dream again. I actually stopped dreaming. It wasn't like, oh, you know, this is my dreams and they didn't come true. It's like I get to, you know, discover what they actually are and then set goals. Back to the reading. We don't have to obsess about our goals. We don't have to constantly watch and mark our progress toward them. But it is beneficial to think about our goals and write them down. What do we want to happen in our financial future? What financial problems would we like to solve? What bills would we like to be rid of? What would we like to be earning at the end of the year, the end of next year, five years from now? 
Yeah, and you know, it used to really, you know, for me personally, it used to be a lot about earning, but like now I just realized that, you know, it's more about time and energy and, you know, how does this serve my bigger goals, which are probably relationships, you know, and like financial d- definitely does. But, you know, for me, you know, and, you know, I've, I have that, you know, tra- traumatic trait of either or, but, you know, for me, it's just managing my nervous system, you know, not making excuses, but, you know, addressing complex PTSD, which, you know, in my case does require some finances, is probably more paramount to, you know, establishing these, you know, crazy financial goals. Um, well, maybe not. <laughs> Anyways, back to the reading. Are we willing to work for our goals and trust our higher power to guide us? Yes, absolutely. Um, pay bills on time. Contact creditors. Make arrangements. Do your best today to take responsibility for your finances. Set goals for the future. Then let go of money and concentrate on loving. Take responsibility for financial affairs does not mean making money or focus. Okay, <laughs> it's good. Taking responsibility for our finances enables us to take our focus off money. It frees us to do our work and the life, live the life we want. It's like for me, like another part is like I, you know, I I had resentments against organization and structure, but I really felt like I never had any time, and I always felt like I was behind, you know, and and. Uh, you know, that it was my job to solve the, uh, you know, the, uh, the disease of uh, dysfunctional uh, families, uh, which is nobody's job because it really can't get done. So uh, back to the reading. We deserve to have the self-esteem and peace that accompanies financial responsibility. Today, I will take the time necessary to be responsible for myself financially. If it is time to pay bills or talk to creditors, I will do that. If it is time to set goals, and I gotta say, uh, you know, but by next week I'll probably check in and set some goals. It's a great wake up call. I will do that. Once I've done my part, I will let the rest go. Yeah, recovery is often not a figure out part of it. Now we can move on to ACA strengthening my recovery, and the topic is family roles. Such survival roles tend to have a hearty life and remain fixed in our personalities long after we have left our unhealthy houses. There is the 40-year-old sister living out the lost child role by avoiding holiday meals and rarely calling home. Big Red Book, page 98. What a book. Uh, Back to reading. Roles adopted to survive our childhood experiences are default positions in life, unless we become conscious of the underlying causes. I think at a certain point, I was me, my true self. Then I became my hero self, hero child. And then I went to the, the lost child. And, you know, for me, learning is so important. So to be a lost child means kind of skirting some of the things of life. And then, you know, experiential learning is, is the best way, at least for me. Back to the reading. Before ACA recovery, we may have avoided our families because we were overwhelmed with fear, anger, sadness, ambivalence, or mistrust. Not participating in the false cheerfulness of holidays was one way of protecting ourselves. Yeah, I certainly don't like being in the U.S. and Christmas. I don't hate all holidays. It's just, you know, that one can be a, a, a tougher time for me. Back to the reading. As we make progress using the tools of the program, we may continue to stay away from our families. But now it's because we realize the interaction is not healthy. We may hope for it. Yeah, and I think that's the thing is to be around healthy people uh, in family, at work, and, you know, also, you know, have compassion for unhealthy people, but separate also uh, or detach, I guess, with love. So we make progress using the tools of the program. We may continue to stay away from our families, but now it's because we realize the interaction is not healthy. We may hope for a time when we will, and I think by not healthy, codependent. We may hope for a time when we were able to care for our inner child 
well enough to reestablish contact. And if we do so, it will be with the full knowledge of what we may or may not get in return when we no longer play the role that makes our families comfortable. Recovery is a process that ebbs and flows like that process, like our waves on the sands of our life. With the help of our ACA support group, our higher power, and the compassionate witnesses we find along the way, we can delight in the awakening of our spirit that can bring us joy every day. On this day, I will keep track of my changing family role as a way of noting my progress on this positively exciting spiritual journey I am on. And I, you know, I think that goal is move towards your true self and less about, you know, playing whack-a-mole with the, you know, the four roles. And the final reading also comes from ACA Strengthening My Recovery, and the topic is body shame. Body shame is not reserved for our weight or shape. As children, many of us were cruelly mapped by our families for how we looked. Fodder for jokes were facial features, body parts, voice, hair, nail, ears, teeth, ethnicity, and more. And, you know, there's the dysfunctional family, but to me, this was just growing up, you know, moving from Canada and experiencing racism in Chicago for the first time in my life. It was amazing how much more racism I was exposed to. And I think that's kind of where, you know, I internalized it. Back to the reading. In order to survive, many of us have acted as though this didn't bother us or it shouldn't bother us. That's that should word. But secretly, we hung our heads in shame. To find a way to fit in, we ate differently, wore bangs, covered our ears, washed our faces relentlessly, and wore clothing to cover up the parts they laughed at. But it usually didn't work. Shame and abandonments were the bookends for each day. Ouch, that's painful to read. We lost everything when they abandoned us because it taught us to abandon ourselves. Our bodies were just another part of ourselves that didn't belong to us. Wow. During the recovery process, we begin to see the brief glimpses of our true selves at meetings As we hear ourselves in other stories, we finally start to feel acceptance, one hug at a time. God, I miss face-to-face meetings. Reading the ACA literature confirms that we aren't crazy. Our childhoods may have been stolen, but we survived somehow. It is with that survivor strength that we doggedly worked our program. Gradually, as we look at ourselves, we start to do the most important things manageable. Imaginable. (laughs) We accept our own appearance. Yeah. On this day, I will look at my whole self in the mirror, smile, and say, I love every part of you. I'm proud of how hard you are working to break the cycle of shame. And that concludes today's readings of Recovering My Inner Child. Until next time, this is Kowan Saluja reminding myself to pause, because that's where God is, to be still and know, to feel my feelings, and to love myself.